It's the Built by Bama online podcast for a second straight Saturday. We're coming to you from Bryant-Denny Stadium on the University of Alabama campus. Senior analyst Travis Ryer alongside Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. And a huge weekend, Charlie, here uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium in the surrounding area. As we know, a chance for a lot of young people to have their hopes fulfilled for a few, maybe their dreams at least, temporarily put on hold because after all it is bit weekend at the university of alabama charlie first and foremost right yeah you always know um it's not the scrimmage that's busy it's when you can't find a park around brian denny it's because of a bid day and bid weekend and uh with all the red elephant club members with uh us media members um you know following in brian denny it's it's a busy place around here it's bumping for sure yeah i mean we can talk football depth charts but the depth <laughs> chart at tridel how's that gonna play out charlie i mean you know, what are we talking about uh you know we, we've got bid day tomorrow man you talk about just a major development here on the university of alabama campus it is truly a tradition unlike any other here in tuscaloosa but looking at the football side of things uh, we were out there for the media viewing periods uh and obviously one of those specific areas that we had a lot of uh, question about had some intrigue around it was the weak side linebacker position Josh McMillan a week ago today goes down with a knee injury throws everything a little bit more in flux uh, and kind of opened the door for everybody at that spot and lo and behold we go out there in the media viewing periods and who do we see paired up with Dylan Moses yeah, I mean, the biggest takeaway from that one viewing period was freshman Christian Harris was working alongside Moses, not only in individual drills, but as we walk out, we kind of see some seven-on-seven seven, seven on seven drills where the defense is lined up in nickel, and it was Moses and Harris there, the, the inside backers. And, and last week, we knew that Dylan wasn't going to get to go. Uh, he was held out for precautionary reasons, and as we were walking out, it was Josh McMillan and Markel Benton, and those are the two players that started the scrimmage. So that is indicative of what they're going to do to start things. I wouldn't be shocked if they moved things around around with the inside linebackers got a lot of young options but yeah it's definitely a surprise because every practice we went to this week it seemed like Markel Benton was the guy beside Dylan Moses so for a true freshman and not the one that enrolled early the guy that got here this summer and has never played linebacker um, you know that that's a really big development he's a guy that's he's athletic I think he's a smart athlete but he's never um, He's, he's never had to be that, that inside linebacker signal caller of the defense. He's played corner, receiver, running back, a do-it-all guy, but now he's learning this position. And if that's the case of him playing with the first-team defense today in the second scrimmage and the last one leading up for the season, it shows how quickly he's been able to grasp this defense. Yeah, you're absolutely correct in that if he's really at this point this quickly, this is a smarter cat than we were even led to believe because earlier in the week we had heard some really positive things about Christian Harris, but more along the lines of once this guy gets it figured out, you're not going to keep him off the field. Well, apparently he's shown enough during the week or this is a situation where they're wanting to see how much he truly knows because it's one thing to know it in a controlled situation on a practice field, but what did we hear from Nick Saban a couple of days ago? This scrimmage is going to be different in that it's going to simulate more of a game. And when we hear that, Charlie, we tend to think quarterback, you know, and, and how those guys handle it. But on the defensive side of the ball, isn't that pretty much the inside linebackers? 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is a, a scrimmage that we've always kind of circled for those quarterbacks when they've had competitions. This is where the guy kind of starts to separate himself, and it's the same way with the defense. A lot of the times you know who the, the inside linebackers are going to be. Uh, the competition really isn't something that dominates the, the offseason in terms of just newsworthy, but this year it is. You have to figure out who's going to play alongside Dylan Moses. They have several candidates, and for them to throw out a true freshman uh, to start this scrimmage, I think it says a lot. I I think for me, um, it'll save even more if we go out there at Monday's practice and Christian Harris is still at the, at the front of the line. Um, I don't expect Nick Saban to just go out and say, you know, after this scrimmage that Christian Harris is the starter, but who knows? I mean, a lot of these scrimmages uh, go a long way in deciding who's going to be the players that they start to concentrate on the most and get them ready for the season. And right now it looks like Christian Harris could be one of those players. Yeah, I think the last five or six days, as much as anything, tells us just how wide open this thing really is. Because you said it, Markel Benton's the guy that we saw last Saturday with the ones going into that scrimmage. And then throughout this week after McMillan's injury, it was Benton that we saw paired in nickel work or, you know, kind of one-two and individual drills as well. And then and we walk out there today and I see Harris second behind uh, Moses in the, in the drill work, the bag work, footwork, stuff like that. And I think, hmm. We'll see. Uh, I go over to shoot some of the wide receivers. You're looking at the inside linebackers, and when I get back together with you, it's like Christian Harris is working with Dylan Moses. Now, um, I can't recall many situations where we've seen this at inside linebacker. I would think Rolando McClain in 2007. C.J. Mosley, though, may be the comparison for Christian Harris because in 2010 – Dante Hightower was coming off a severe knee injury. They needed a guy that could really, as much as anything, play in coverage. Well, Dylan Moses can do that. But if you've got two guys with that kind of skill set, nine years later, as much as the game's changed, talent's going to win out if everything's close, right? I mean, if if unless he just doesn't have a feel for things, he goes rat trap out there today. If all things else are pretty much equal, you're going to go with the talent, right? Yeah, I think so. And the thing that really uh, stuck out to me in the spring is because this was still one of the top position battles we were talking about is after these scrimmages, Nick Saban had a complaint about the young inside linebackers every week. One week, it was their decision-making. They weren't getting guys lined up. They were uh, calling the wrong plays out there. And then the next week was poor tackling. So the guys ahead of Christian Harris haven't really done much to help themselves. And that's why Josh McMillan had kind of been the, the stalwart the entire offseason. But, uh, yeah, I agree. If, if he's on the same page with these guys and you can tell that the talent is there and he's grasping the defense a little bit better, I would go with the young guy for sure. Hey, you said it. This is a guy who played corner yeah. in high school. So if he can do that in high school, obviously the competition's entirely different. Uh, but that speaks to his athleticism and his talent. And absolutely, uh, if he can do that and sort of translate it to this level and be trusted enough. And that's where Dylan Moses, though, can help a young guy. Dylan Moses knows it inside out, front, back. Um, and, and that's where you can kind of have the training wheels maybe on Christian Harris a little bit more, especially early on, if that's the route you go. We're not calling this thing to sit in CNN or Fox News. We're not calling it at 1 o'clock, you know. So, right, we're going to let this thing play out a little bit more, I guess. 
Another thing on Christian Harris, too, and I agree, yeah, we're not <laughs> anywhere <laughs> ready to call that, is he's a guy from Baton Rouge, and he's a guy that was listening to Dylan Moses when he came on these visits. When he got on campus this summer, he's living under Dylan Moses' wing and trying to learn as much as possible. And if for a guy, we've talked about these freshmen that get on the field. I know it was because of injuries, but Dylan's a guy that came in and played as a freshman. He's been there. He's a guy that if there's anybody in that room you're going to want to pick their brain and, and pick it relentlessly, it's Dylan Moses. I think Christian Harris has done that, and maybe that's one of the reasons that's helped him out the most is he's been able to, to work with him, get to know him, and get to know this defense from one of those veterans that he's going to potentially be playing beside this fall. Yeah, what if you're Ed Orgeron? This news comes across <laughs> the timeline that two guys from Baton Rouge potentially end up as the starting inside linebackers for Alabama uh, this fall. But there are other spots that we need to get to. We wondered about combinations at weeks at inside linebacker and we certainly wondered about the interior of that offensive line because it seemed like throughout the week there were guys missing a little time there were different combinations getting looks um what did you think upon a glimpse anyway of what looked like the first three from guard to guard today yeah, it was it's different from what we've seen this week. They had Evan Neal at left guard, which that's been the constant all week long, uh, the true freshman there. And then at center, they had Chris Owens, who's a guy that started fall camp as the center and was pretty much the first-team center all of spring practice. And they had Emil Ekior at right guard. And we've seen Ekior move around a lot. I think he's kind of the the most versatile player there. He's going to find a spot. It's just a matter of where. But we've seen Matt Womack kind of banged up a little this week. He's someone that didn't scrimmage last week, so he's dealing with some stuff. And uh, Landon Dickerson was someone that we saw at center uh, a lot this week and kind of working with the first team at at guard and center. So it's been musical chairs on the interior, but today it was Neil uh, Owens and Ekior, and that's a group that – it's not the biggest group they can put out there, but Owens and Ekior have a lot of experience. Um, Owens is a guy that's kind of been uh, nicked up a little this week too. But, uh, yeah, it's the offensive line is like the first thing I go out there and look for outside of like injuries and if everybody's present because it's been changing all week. And uh, today was just the, the newest group we've seen out there. So um, we'll see how they line up in the scrimmage, what Nick Saban has to say, and if that remains the case Monday. But this is a a situation where they feel good about the depth, but they're just trying to find the right five guys out there at the right time. Yeah, and as we've mentioned before, this is all before Deontay Brown's return. So it's almost something that you're looking at in two phases, Uh, going into Duke and then going into the final game of uh, September as well. Talking with Charlie Potter, Team Insider, uh, beat reporter, uh, colleague there at BamaOnline.com. It's the Built by Bama Online podcast. If you haven't already, give us a subscription. We'd love it. We'd appreciate it. Uh, also, maybe leave us a review as well. Uh, as we wind down here from Bryant-Denny Stadium today, Charlie, what else on the injury front? We were out there when the team buses arrived at Bryant-Denny Stadium, got a look at some guys as they um, got off those buses uh, anything else stand out to you at this point? I know the defensive front has been a an item of interest too. Yeah, I think when you're talking about a, a injury standpoint, that's that's where all the news is. Uh, DJ Dell was dressed out and he was uh, doing some work. He wasn't with the first group. The first group was Raquan Davis, Padarian Mathis, and LeBron Ray. And LeBron Ray looks like he's getting closer and closer to 100% health. Uh, I'll be interested to see how much he actually does in today's scrimmage. Nick Saban should have a pretty lengthy uh, injury report after this week. Probably not as long as last week, but uh, not going wait for those Alabama fans out there. But uh, DJ Dell, yeah, he's back. Um, he was supposed to uh, practice yesterday, but he looked to be a little bit more limited. 
but uh, he was out there doing drills. He had a brace on his knee. And then Stefan Wynn, the defensive lineman who has an ankle injury, he wasn't dressed at all, and he was in a walking boot. So uh, of the guys that have kind of been at the top of the injury report, uh, they were all accounted for. Two were on the field, and one seems to be doing – uh, more than the rest, but uh, you know, when it comes to the the bad injury news Alabama's had of late, uh, the the good news is starting to roll around for those defensive linemen. They're slowly but surely getting back on the field. We also saw freshman running back Trey Sanders arrive at the stadium today. It looked like they had him on one of those little carts uh, with that foot injury, uh, a la Tuatanga Vailoa during award season back in December. And speaking of that, um, do you get a feel? You get a sense right now that. It is still Jerome Ford that is the guy most likely in that number three spot going into the scrimmage at least? I do, yeah. Um, one of the good things for Jerome Ford is he doesn't have that hamstring uh, support strip on his leg anymore, so he's been able to, to move freely. And he had a good scrimmage last week. He had the most carries, and um, you know, Nick Saban said he was probably the leading rusher because of that. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with guys like Keelan Robinson and Jarius Townsend too. They kind of um, present a different back than the other three. They're more of the receiving threat, um, change of pace back. And I, I do think, though, that, that Ford's the number three guy right now behind Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. But if, if they need to go with two backs, I think those two that I just mentioned are, are ready to roll. They're eager to get on the field. As we wrap up, we talk about a separation Saturday of sorts uh, for some roles and some some starting jobs too. Um, the kickers sound like a really positive Saturday for all those guys. Will Reichert leading the way with a really good scrimmage uh, place kicking last week. Uh, you talk about a big day for a position, uh, punter, place kicker. Uh, this could be what decides it on, on that front. Yeah, it can. Um, you know, a lot of times we're talking about the quarterbacks and how they separate themselves, but I think people are interested to know what happens with the kickers because they have a two-man race at each spot. Um, last week, Nick Saban said that uh, Will Reichard and um, Skylar DeLong did well in punting, but as we saw in the open practice, it looked like Will Reichard kind of had a leg up, no pun intended, uh, in that regard. And then Reichard and Joseph Bulavos have been handling the field goals. And the, the reports out of last week's scrimmage is Reichard looked really good. I think he was, what, four for four with a 50-yarder. And I think Alabama fans will take that all day long. So I think Reichard's going to make it interesting. I wouldn't be surprised to see him handle um, – at least one duty for the opening game. I think those those older guys are still going to have an opportunity today to, to show that they're still worthy of those those spots. Yeah, we know Thomas Fletcher will snap the ball. <laughs> we feel confident Mac Jones will still hold, even after that failed quarterback power in the national championship game. Um, Jalen Waddell, we feel like, will return punts. Henry Ruggs seems like a likely candidate uh, for the kickoff return job. But when it comes to actually putting toe to leather – uh, I think that's going to be a, a fascinating aspect to watch play out when that, that first depth chart, how far away are we from depth? We're just, what, 10 days away from depth chart Monday? Is that where we're at, Charlie? Yeah, today's Saturday, so nine days. It'll be not this coming Monday, but the next. So Nick Saban's Monday press conference, we'll get that about three minutes before he steps behind <laughs> the podium. So look forward to that. Could be a lot of slashes on that depth chart, especially when you get down to that second level, um, perhaps even at the first level in some areas. But 
Uh, we always look forward to Depth Chart Monday here at BamaOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to Bama Online and also the Built by Bama Online podcast. Thanks to Charlie Potter for joining us for this quick pod as we get you ready for Nick Saban coming up following today's scrimmage. You'll hear from Nick Saban. We'll have all that coverage for you right there at BamaOnline.com. Talk to you again real soon.